Well, this morning, we are in Ephesians chapter 6, the last chapter. Wow. And we're going to go into Colossians next. I'm really excited. And then we're going to go into Philippians. I'm really excited. And uh, because we're going to continue to establish the gospel, um, which is so very simple. And to have a certainty of our salvation by faith alone and the grace, the nature, the character of God alone. Lord, open our hearts and minds to hear from you all that your spirit is saying to the church today. In Jesus' name, amen. Is that clock right? 1025, we're starting? Wow, okay, it's a good thing I got a short sermon today. Because we have a short amount of time. Ephesians 5.21, remember, be subject one another in the fear of the deep honor, the deep respect of Christ. So God has arranged this formula. And to him, this is one of the most form, most important formulas that we will ever have right, in this human flesh and throughout eternity. And that is we would have this humble, yielded, spirit, not self, pushing self forward, not self-consumed, or about my wants, my will, my desire, but we would see everybody as more important than ourselves. We would see everybody's interests more important than our own interests, and then we would have this beautiful, meek, and quiet spirit, which is precious in the eyes of God, and that towards one another, our knee-jerk reaction is, let me serve you. Let me wash your feet. How can I love you? How can I benefit you? Yeah, it's, it's interesting watching these YouTube crashes. The other day, there was one right down the street, right on the highway here. And it was a, a guy trying to merge onto the freeway at rush hour. And there was like two or three cars are just like, you're not merging on. I don't care. And the guy's there and a car won't let him by and he's trying. And finally, he just like, forget all of you. I'm going to get out there and the, you know. And this truck comes right up beside him and just cramp, just literally sideswipes him, pushes him off the road. And the title was, Folks, We Need to Get on the Freeway. <laughs> and I was just looking at that because honestly, Forgive me, you young people, but the millennials are that way. You know, they, they're just like, they, they, they haven't lived in a society that I grew up in, which is, you know, he always treats the elderly as elderly. You, you always have a gentlemanness about you. No, sir, you go first. And, and to have that spirit of, okay, you're trying to merge. I'm stuck on this freeway for a half an hour. I want to get home. But hey, your interests before my interests. Always. Sir, how can I serve you? Let me stop and let you get in front of me. Believe it or not, now that's the light into the world. <laughs> I was at 7-Eleven yesterday and, and uh, a guy was sort of shopping a little bit, but sort of there and I went and did my business and I came back and then he came up and he started to walk around behind me. I said, no, no, go, you're first. Go ahead, you were in the store first. Well, I was sort of, you know, dickering around why I didn't really stay in line. I'm like, no, sir, please, I'd love you to go first. He was a young man. 
And he was just touched. He was genuinely touched by that. And, and, I, and I just, I realized, wow, having this submission to one another and out of respect to God. Why am I doing that? Because this is what is in the character and the nature of God. And that formula works in every relationship. And he points out three of them here in Ephesians. He starts with the husband and the wife relationship. Then he goes to the kids relationship. Then he's going to go next, next time we're together and look at the parents. And then the next time, employers to employees. Or in that Roman culture, they didn't have employees or employees. They had people that were slaves and people that weren't slaves. Uh, and people that were Roman citizens. So um, unfortunately, we have to use that slave word, but it wasn't like slavery in America at the time. But here in, in verses 1 through 3, it says this, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you. Live long on the earth. So children, this is a very general word, but I don't think he's saying adult children to parents at this point. I think he's referring to those children that are younger or still in the house. I, I, very commonly now, I get college-age people or even older who will say, yeah, you know, my mom's telling me to take out the trash and make my bed and, and what time to be home. And I'm like, are you living at home still? Yes. Are you paying rent? No. You paying for the food? No. Are they helping you with your college tuition? Yes. <laughs> then you've got to submit. Well, I don't want you. Well, then move out. Pay, start paying for yourself. When my kids were 18, I said, you can live here, but you're going to pay rent. Because I, I just wanted them to become independent. And plus, I was sick of them. But that was another point. <laughs> on. Not really. I'm only kidding. But um, yeah, if you're... If you're under their support, you're under in their house, they have authority in their own home. So, you know, I don't know how that works in your situation, but children, as long as your parents, you're in their home, under their roof, eating their food, and they're supporting you, you need to continue as any child in obedience to their parents. The word obey there, I like to hear under. Again, we talked about submission. It wasn't somebody putting you under submission. Every time we see this word submission, it's you put yourself under that authority because God has ordained it and this is right. And so it means parents are the boss of the children. The parents have the authority over their children. Children are to submit to that authority and obey. End of story. Jesus did this. Remember when he was 12 years old in Luke 2? He probably just had his bar mitzvah. And in the Jewish culture, when you have your bar mitzvah at 12 or 13, you're a man. And he thought, hey, I'm a man, and I'm ready to get started in my ministry. And his parents were heading back to Nazareth with the big extended family, probably a big caravan. And after a day or two, they realize he's not hanging out with his cousins or his siblings. And they're like, hey, he's not with us at all. They go back to Jerusalem. They're worried about where their son could be. They find him in the temple. And all of these teachers are in awe at Jesus' 
teachings and wisdom at that age. But his parents said, what are you doing to us? You know, come home right now. And it says that Jesus, even though he said, hey, I'm about my father's business. He said that to Joseph as well as Mary. Um, they insisted that he come home. And he did not start his ministry until he was 30 years old. So in Luke 2, 51, he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother's treasured up all these things in her heart. You know, Jesus' very first miracle seemed to not really be God's will, but it was his mother Mary's will. You guys know that story where he's at a wedding saying, hey, we ran out of wine. Take care of this, oldest son. And he's like, hey, woman, what do I have to do with you now? I'm, I'm out of the house. But yet he did. He turned the water into wine. So many Proverbs on this. Wow. Let's look at a few of them. In Proverbs 13.1, A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. When my kids were younger, I, I told them repeatedly, life is hard enough. Don't make it harder with foolishness and sin. Don't double down on hardness. <laughs> The way of the transgressor is hard. Proverbs 15, 5. The fool despises his father's instruction, but he who receives correction is prudent, intelligent. Proverbs 1, 8 and 9. My son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be graceful ornaments on your head and chains about your neck. You know, as we read through Proverbs, much of it is Solomon repeating what it was like being raised by King David. And then some of it is him passing it down to his children. In Proverbs 3.1, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. Proverbs 3.4, And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. So when you have that submissive, Spirit to your parents, you'll find great esteem inside of God and man. We see that back in Luke 2, 52, after the very next verse after it says he submitted to his parents, it says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and there it is, right out of that proverb, in favor with God and men. One more proverb, Proverbs 6 here, verse 20 to 23. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. You know, if you have something, a cord that you get welded or soldered in place around your neck, you, you can't take it off, right? Oh, try to get over your head. Try to get it down over your body. He's, he's saying, have the, the teachings of your father and mother in a way that you can't take them off. They're, they're stuck around your body as it's around your neck. In verse 22 of Proverbs 6, When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. When you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law a light. Reproofs and instruction are the way of life. You see, in the Lord, it's God's arranged this. And in essence, the Bible says your first school of submission is in the home. 
And this is, this is the most important lesson all life. I'm going to keep giving you different schools. So don't flunk out of the first school. <laughs> if you flunk out of the first school, the second school is going to be harder. But if you do well in the first school, that is learning submission at home, it'll be much easier each step that you take. It really will become in your heart. But if you're unwilling to do that, it's going to be a hard, difficult life for you. And so I, I, I've heard the stories. Oh, my gosh. I, it's hard to imagine I can hear anything new, but I do on occasion. I, I understand you may have been raised by horrible parents. It, it's pretty much, I can tell you, kids that have been raised by perfect parents, they go through a stage of hating them, too of being bitter at them too. Remember the prodigal son? <laughs> His dad was actually God <laughs> in that parable. And he was mad at him for being a jerk. So I, I think we all are going to go through that stage where, you know, what, what's that old saying? That when I was 17, my dad was an idiot. But the time I was 21, my dad had really learned a lot in those years. You know, he did well. That was a great time for my dad. Yeah, I, I understand that there, there's a point that if the parents are great parents, they're still oppressive because they make me do all this stuff. And then if the parents are drunkards or abusive physically or verbally, you know, well, now I don't need to submit to them because they're horrible people. I don't need to submit to them because they're too good of people. I don't need to submit to them because they're too bad of people. What I need is the one that's just right which is let me do what I want. It, it's just part of the process of life that God's arranged. It goes on to say, in the Lord, God's arranged this. This is his plan. He gave you your parents, good or bad, difficult or whatever. God gave you your parents and, and whatever that means, he's going to use it for his glory. For this is right or is good from God, the point of view, the one who made all things. So it's right in God's eyes. It's his divine method that he has established. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And we can go back and point out all those stories, right? As we, we're going to go through the Bible. We, we see bad parents and good parents, right? We see Isaac, we see Abraham, then Isaac, and then Jacob, a pretty foolish guy. And we see his attitudes, each of them towards their parents. We think of Joseph, the guy with the coat of many colors, and all his brothers treated him so horribly, but God turned that eventually around for good. So there's three aspects that we're going to find in the scriptures, two of them here, that what it's involved in a child's obedience. The how, how in the Lord. I taught my kids when they were young. You actually have two fathers. You have an earthly father who screws up a lot. <laughs> and uh, you have a heavenly father that's always perfect. Your earthly father is only going to be able to be with you for a very short time. But your heavenly father will always be with you. 
You started with an earthly father in his house, but you're going to end with your heavenly father in his house. You need to know both of your dads really, really well. And so this is God's desire that me as your parent, my mistakes are going to teach you. You'll learn what not to do. And the things that I am dead set on you not doing or doing, you need to receive that. Whether it turns out I'm right or wrong, either way, you submitting to it is the challenge that God's giving you through me. And I'll just let you know, kids, if you go around your parents, you won't get around your heavenly father. In Hebrews 12, 6, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Remember last week we saw in marriage there in in 1 Peter 3, verse 7, where it says, husbands, if you don't treat your wives right, God's going to quit hearing your prayers and those blessings. Well, here it says, kids, if you get around your, your earthly father, your heavenly father is going to be there with a whip, a paddle, whatever it is. And so you're, you're not going to actually get away with it. So you might as well just submit to the first father. The what is in all things. I like Colossians 3.20. It says, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. So again, you're under submission it's in everything we we saw that with wife to her husband and everything now we see it to the kids to their parents in everything because we often want to say well you can I'll do what you say in these categories but I'm not going to do what you say in these categories it just doesn't work that way and then the last is why because this is right this is pleasing unto God and because we need it in Proverbs twenty-two fifteen, the foolishness is bound up in the heart of every child. Every child is born in this world a rebellious little sinner. Have you noticed that? You don't have to teach them to be mean. You don't have to teach them to destroy a plant. They'll do it on their own. You got to teach them how to do things right. Wrong, they know, and they want it bad. Well, verse 2 and 3. So honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with three promi- with, with promises, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. That comes out of Deuteronomy 5.16 is one of the places it says that. So to obey your parents, there's a life expectancy on that, right? It's not going to be really that long. Life is so short. You're born, you're out of the house at 18 or 25, whenever it is, and you're no longer under that godly principle to obey your parents. And I know there's some parents that need to learn that, right? You know, we have our mother-in-law living with this, and I've had to tell her a few times, your daughter is 61, not 16. We come in the, from a date, me and my wife have a date, and she gets scolded. And I'm like, deja vu, man. We're back in time. And I have to tell her, I'm 61. Quit telling me what to do. You're not the boss of me anymore. But even when we don't have to obey them, we still have to honor them, right? And so this is why he, he says, obey your parents when that, as long as that that is necessary, and then honor them after that season. 
And so um, honor when you don't live under the parents' authority, they are still to be honored. And then the third thing we find in Timothy is we need to support and provide for the parents in their elderly years. You may say, provide for them, they provide for me. Yeah, that may, may happen also. There is a season for that, but there's probably a season later in life that you will have to. 1 Timothy 5, verse 3 and 4 says, Honor those who are really widows, but if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn, that is, continually to learn for their whole lifetime how to show piety, which is respect, honor, at home, to repay their parents, for this is good and acceptable before God. And he goes on down in verse 8 of 1 Timothy 5. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially those of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Ouch. Because this is the most important principle. To submit and to honor. It's, it's in both, right? We saw that in the marriage relationship. There's submission and there's honor. If the wife isn't honoring husband, she's going to hear from God. If the husband isn't honoring his wife, he's going to hear from God. If the child's not honoring the parent, they're going to hear from God. But here we, we see that there is just that season in life. These three things, obey, honor, and then support or provide for the elderly parents. Children, fulfill your role as submitted child. Obey while you have that short season of life. We're not uh, to be like the world in their attitudes towards authority and how a family is to run or children are to act. We are the church. We're the called out ones. We are different, and that difference will be the light to a lost world. Remember Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out, not work for, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And then he goes on in verse 14 and 15. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So the Holy Spirit will fill us up. And as we have this submitted and spirit to honor all men, especially those in authority over us, God's Spirit can move through that. You know, we go back to first. Our Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the Spirit. I, I've been asking this question every day. God, in, are you able to fill me fully with your Spirit today? And sometimes the Lord says, who ascends into the hill of the Lord? He with clean hands and a pure heart. And the Lord will point out a sin. And I'm not, Lord, I confess that. Lord, forgive me for that. And I sense the Lord able to fill me up with the Spirit. And then there's, Lord, can you fill me? Well, this, there's this area, Brian, in this area that I've been talking to you out of the word. Lord, I yield. Forgive me for not yielding in that area and filling a, a filling of the Spirit again. And I'm seeing this now and this here with parents or with wives and husbands relationship, now parents and children relationship. 
Am I doing what's right in your sight? Am I doing what's pleasing to you as a child in this case? You know, me and my wife raised four kids. Well, mainly Cheryl raised five kids. But uh, I was there. I watched her. I learned a lot. And, uh, And finally... They're leaving. You know, there's a little yo-yo thing. We're leaving. Okay, God bless. Oh, you're back. How did that work? Oh, I'm still planning on leaving. Give me a few months, you know. There's a little yo-yo thing going on. And then um, it's finally us. (sighs) That short time before we start having kids, here we are, the two of us. How wonderful. We can eat what we want. We can go where we want. And then... Her parents moved in. It was a necessity. And honestly, the Lord gave us great joy in doing it. But that little season being together was gone. But here's what I've learned in that. You know, when you're single, your character can grow to a certain degree. Then you get married, and boy, the hammer and the chisel comes out, right? And, and sparks start flying, and chunks of rock begin to come off the sculpture. And then you have kids, and they just suck the life out of you. It's a jackhammer, right? And then now there's the elderly parents. You know, living with old people is is one thing. It sort of takes a grace in and of itself. But then when parents don't learn their boundaries and they continue acting like they shouldn't. It it takes another amount of discipleship and grace. But it's hard because you you can't go when you want and do what you want and eat what you want. And it's, it's, but I realize there's a whole character forming because we're not here for ourselves, are we? We're here to serve the Lord. Whatever you want, God. Whatever you want. But there's a whole other thing happening in, in us uh, having to live with Cheryl's mother. <laughs> All mother-in-law jokes do apply. I won't tell any of them, though. Secondly, we are looking at honor. Honor them, especially when you disagree. Do you understand the whole point of submission and honor is not when you're in agreement with them? Right? Right? I mean, the whole point of submission and honor is when you're not in agreement. Eat that piece of chocolate cake. Oh, I better submit. God bless me for eating the chocolate cake. There's really nothing there, right? The whole point of it is when they're like, be home at 10, and you're like, 10? You don't want that. So this is the whole point of it. And later on in life, to honor them, it's, You've got to die a second death. You've got to die a third death. You've got to die a fourth death to live with elderly people and to put up with all of their, their elderly setting their ways, crankiness and the body and the struggle and all of that. You've got you to just dig deeper to be a greater servant and, and to honor them in, in a more elaborate way than you ever thought you could and you're crying out to God, give me grace. And then caring for that elderly parent, again, God's causing us to grow in character as we try to help them maintain dignity until they die. 
So once again, we come back to the passage. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Things will be well with you, and you may live a longer, not necessarily long in timeline. It's more live a full life. Whatever time you have, God will give you a full life. If you start life with submission, you're ahead of the game. If you leave your home in a good way with your parents, you've passed the test, right? And now you're going to the next test where you have to submit. Maybe in the military, maybe in the workplace, maybe in college, maybe in marriage, you're going to have to learn how to submit in the next scenario as well. Lord, thank you for your word today, and we thank you for the time we've had in worship and communion and prayer. Ah, Lord, bless our time of just washing one another in the word as we conclude here. We're people just encouraging one another, laying hands on one another, hugging and holy kissing and loving one another. Just continue to fill us up overflowing with your spirit in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen.